Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Shortcast, our new podcast where we explore the emerging themes and ideas in the world of talent assessment, coaching, and technology. My name is Rhys, and today I'm pleased to be joined by Lara Menke, co-founder and CEO of Kaya. Kaya is a global leadership consultancy that specializes in working with entrepreneurs, founders, and startups. Lara joins me today to take a deep dive into the trials and tribulations of being a founder and explore what role feedback and self-awareness has in building successful startups. So thanks for joining me, Lara. Thank you. Okay, so let's dive right in. Can you tell us like a little bit about Kaya? Uh, why did you found this company? And how does it differ to you know, more traditional coaching firms? I had the idea of founding Kaya already five years ago when I was in my first leadership consulting role. So my background is in psychology and leadership assessment and development. And uh, every time I talk to my friends who work for startups about what we did, like helping people become better leaders, they're like, oh, we kind of need that, you know, like, and our founders don't seem to really know that stuff. Like, so I had the idea. And then, um, you know, after four years of getting experience, I decided to do it full time because there seemed to be this demand for really high quality leadership solutions for startups because, you know, the ecosystem in, in the startup world at the time was emphasizing a lot on, you know, technical support for founders, mm-hmm. not necessarily leadership support, like real psychological based leadership development. So, yeah, that's why we decided let's let's found Kaya and specialize in that. Wow. I mean, that makes a ton of sense, right? Moving away from um, the emphasis of hard skills and focusing much more on soft skills, right? How do we um, create a culture? How do we lead with values? Um, How do we become effective team leaders? I think beyond kind of just being, you know, technical experts, which is often the case, right, with founders. So your experience working with corporate executives and now startup leaders Mm -hmm. What are the things that are both similar in terms of their challenges uh, and what are the, the differences? The similarities, I would say, it's always the same. So what kind of leader do you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't matter if you're in a corporate, in a big company, in a small company, you know, given your goals or maybe your targets, you know, who do you need to become as a person, as a leader in terms of the behaviors you show, I think the important thing is being more aware, like who you are, who you want to become. Why is that more important? Self-awareness within founder startups. Why is that more important than corporates? Oh, no, no. That's, I would say that's the same. I would say that's the same, you know, that's the baseline, right? Um, Understand yourself and understand Mm -hmm. who you want to become based on your goals or your targets or whatever it is. So self-awareness at the core, that doesn't matter which company you work for, everyone benefits from understanding themselves better so they can make more conscious choices about their actions and get better results. So I'd say that's the same. Okay, very good. (laughs) I'm sure you have similar experience. But then when it comes to startups, um, what we found is that (laughs) we had to really rethink what leadership is like because in a startup, founders tend to be more visionary and more independent people on average Mm -hmm. than corporate people <laughs> so I, we had to rethink rethink what innovation really is and be a lot more focused on what really matters to get their attention because they tend to have a lot of things happening in their brain right so yep. so we so for example really practical example i used to run three-day or i still do run three-day leadership development programs mm-hmm. but with most of our startup clients 
maximum a day, you know, yes. because, but you know, just just focus on what really matters. And yes. you know, they want speed, right? They want to grow fast. So how can you have the maximum impact in a short period of time? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that resonates um, both what we've seen working with startups, but also being a startup ourselves is yeah. our tolerance and our and our clients' tolerance for kind of more traditional things, which yes, likely do go deeper, but yeah. also touches a lot on a lot of the priorities that are on the fringes of things. Whereas yeah. if you're working in a startup environment, it's like, I'm just trying to survive. I need to get this business from A to B. I need to be able to win more clients. I need to be able to scale this product. Everything else kind of becomes extra and kind of unneeded. And so absolutely, yeah. I think when it comes to coaching, and you know, even talent assessments, there is this need for more specificity, as you say, like focus on the things that matter. Yeah, totally. And maybe one more thing I can say is yeah. um, at least our startup founder clients, we see that there's a lot more interest in growing yourself, your personal development. So that happens also in the corporate world, but the level of vulnerability and depth that you bring we have to bring in our conversation and bring in the personal life because as a founder, your personal business is completely blurred yep. anyway. So, so you really have to think more of the person, not just in the job, in yep. their life. So what we do now is we bring a lot, a, a lot more personal things, emotional things, spiritual things and techniques mm -hmm. because the founders we found, they tend to have big visions. So they tend to respond to visualization techniques a lot more, for example, than maybe some people in more traditional companies who focus more on the practical side and, yeah. and so on. So No, no, that makes a ton of sense to me and really resonates. Um, I like what you said around how when you're a founder, both personal and professional are very much merged. I, I think any founder can agree with that. But I really like what you're trying to do by incorporating the personal side of things like or the, the human yeah. side of what it means to be a leader, to be an individual, uh, to kind of grow and develop. Because I think, and I'd be interested to hear your perspective on this, within kind of the startup community, there is this kind of uh, toxic kind of hustle, kind of yeah. very broy type culture, which yeah. is about crunching, doing, you know, 14 hour days, you know, not taking any breaks, which we know, okay, yes, it sounds very impressive, but it's kind of productivity porn and it yeah. um, only accelerates kind of burnout, which I think mm -hmm. anyone that's been in a, a startup knows that it's a, a marathon, not a sprint. How do you um, try to neutralize some of that? How do you try to kind yeah. of break down those barriers? A lot of our clients are repeat founders who've had to learn the hard way, you know, that you cannot succeed and build a sustainable startup like that. So that makes it easier for us because they come to us and say, okay, please, okay, let's do it well. Like, let, let's have fun on the journey. So, yeah. you know, please, I don't want to do this again. You know, I don't want to do a startup again that achieves success on paper because we have 100 people and we raise millions and that, but I'm unhappy. And yeah. I now have a team of 100 people that I'm supposed to motivate from a place yeah. of not being even aligned to it anymore. So, like you said, burnout, super common. So, yeah, the question you asked is how do we do that right yeah. well firstly by helping founders be more be more unapologetically themselves you know okay. and helping them be more authentic without yeah. feeling guilty you know because there's this myth that you have to be like perfect as a leader so there's all these 
books everyone reads and and they're great but at the same at the, the most important thing is understanding really what drives you because it's your company so if if you're not sure about who you are and what you really really want then it's going to be hard so how we do it in coaching for example is we help people not just with goal setting smart goals because mm-hmm. that often those goals are often not even their goals. They've been influenced by, I don't know, investors or parents or, yes. you know, stuff like that. So what we do is we help them understand what feelings they really want to feel. So because when we set goals, often what we want is not the thing, but the feeling that we think we will feel when we have the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I see what you're so, saying. Yeah, it's, um, so we help them really align their goals with how they want to feel. And then it just flows more easily and they have to do less because it just, what they do is more intentional and yep. therefore more powerful. I like the idea, like the idea of, of intentionality. Because I think, again, in startups, it's very easy to be on a bit of a treadmill where you're kind of just yeah. running from one thing to the next. And it's very hard to kind of pause and reflect and gain that awareness around why am I doing this? What, do I, what am I really motivated by? What are my gaps? How can I lean into those while also kind of shore them up? I think that's a very important thing. I mean, of course, I think uh, it applies to kind of corporate leaders as well, but even more so, I guess, in startups, just given the, the pace of change and the agility that they need to, need to show. So kind of switching gears a little bit, because I know you do a lot of work in um, the culture space. Like yes. a few times now, like how do leaders founders in particular, sorry, create cultures um, intentionally. And I think this is something really fascinating because it's on the face of it, creating culture, you could be quite cynical if you're a founder and it's like, why do I need to invest in this soft stuff when all I'm trying to do is deliver, build and grow? Why should founders take the time to think about this stuff? And how do they go about doing that in a... a, Um I think they should, I don't like the word should, but they, they, they have the opportunity to think about culture if they want to have a business that where people don't quit, um, you know, like, mm-hmm. because that's often the reason why people quit their jobs, right, is because of culture. So, I mean, it's, it, there's a business, there's a business reason, there's a financial incentive to think about culture, to ha- ha- make sure your people are engaged and stay and are productive. And there's a, the more selfish reason, like you will enjoy your life and your business a lot more mm-hmm. when you are working in a culture that is inclusive and high performing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, culture is like, like you know, is, is how things get done and, yep. and, and, um, yeah, it's everything. <laughs> what kind of, so I, I think that makes a ton of sense, right? It's this idea that you can't afford not to invest in culture. Um, yeah. And I think as well to that point, it's like we, your culture just doesn't like miraculously appear. It's a product of kind of the leader's behavior, the values, what things they role model, what things they reinforce. And so how do you, and I imagine a lot of leaders, because they aren't thinking about this, because it's the first time growing a team, they're focused on building the product or so on. How do they um, become more intentional about it rather than kind of just letting the train run away with itself before it becomes problematic and there's burnout, people are living and so on? How can le- founder leaders create intentional cultures? 
Mm -hmm. So we do a workshop called Culture Visualization and Activation, uh -huh. which is kind of a very deep six-step workshop where we work with the co-founders or the leadership team to really get crystal clear on the details of the culture because usually people just say, yeah, I want like a fun culture, you know, mm -hmm. but what does that actually look like for you, right? Yeah. Like what does fun mean, you know, concretely, like, you know, what practices so really getting very 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 clear on the culture and what it looks like for you and why it's important and then once we do that we talk about values so mm -hmm. we, we do values workshops and the reason why we do that is because values is you know what drives us and therefore our behaviors so it determines the culture yeah so we help founders and their leadership teams or their or their startups understand their company values and mm -hmm. their personal values so that they know, you know, what realistically, what culture they realistically create based on their yeah. natural predispositions and, you know, given their aspirations, what kind of values they might want to work on or like foster more or hire more for in their team so that they can grow. I really like that idea around what culture they can realistically create. I think there's this huge disconnect between leaders, and this is true of the corporate world as well as the startup world. Like, you know, I want a culture that is innovative, autonomous, agile, insert buzzword here. Yeah, yeah. the values and personality of that leader and kind of the, uh, the environment and climate that they create around them is normally the inverse. It's like, yeah. yes, I want you to be innovative and autonomous, but I'm going to micromanage everything that you do. And this yeah. is particularly important for founders because it's their baby, right? It's like, how can they uh, trust others um, mm -hmm. in this small founding team to uh, deliver on their vision? And yeah. I, I can imagine there's just a whole ton of friction uh, there that you have to try to work through to raise that awareness around what culture you can realistically create, but also how do you reconcile those differences? How do you reconcile the difference between the values that you have and the culture that you want? Uh, that's mm -hmm. critical for your business. And it always starts with you, right? So many times people go and jump to the team like, oh, they're not behaving. But, you know, if you want to trust your people, you know you want to trust your people, you need to learn to trust yourself first. Mm. And if you're creating values that are not really yours, that just sound cool, then how can you trust yourself to live that? And that just creates distrust in micromanagement culture. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, going back to the idea that, Building businesses is a marathon, not a sprint. So you might as well be authentic about it because it's going to be much harder for you to kind of uphold and sustain if it's not true to yourself. Yes. So I think just to close out then, um, for any of the founders and entrepreneurs that are listening to this, what yep. advice or things should they be thinking about as they start to build their teams for the first time? I would say teach your team coaching skills. So learn coaching skills yourself if you can and then teach your team coaching skills because, I mean, there's many ways to be a good leader. But one thing that is good about coaching is that it's as at the core a supportive relationship, an empowering relationship between two or more people. And it's often so against uh, traditional models of leadership, which is more directive and, and so on. So if you want to build a sustainable business, and help you people become leaders so you have this high-performing team, then I would say try to 
learn the basic coaching skills like listening, asking the right questions, and so on, and then try to teach your people to do the same. So there's less pressure on you to manage everyone so that there's less of a management culture where people are reliant on you as the founder but they actually learn to manage or support themselves mm -hmm. through having these meaningful conversations with each other. Yeah, that's, I love that. And that's so critical because it creates the foundation for uh, moving forward. If you can help everyone work to their best and create a culture that is built around kind of coaching, feedback, awareness, you can then start to have those conversations around finding more effective ways of managing each other and, and so on. I think that's absolutely critical. Okay, Laura, this has been fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining the shortcast um, and sharing your thoughts around what it means to be a uh, effective founder leader. Um, where can people uh, go to learn more about Kaya or reach out if they're interested in your services? Um, yeah, so you can find us on our website, which is www.kaya.space and on Instagram, Kaya Consulting, on LinkedIn, Kaya. And we always would love to hear from people who want to grow themselves, whether in the corporate world or startup world. And, and yeah, so just reach out. And thank you so much, Reese. No, this felt like a really great, just natural conversation that we have anyway. So yes, yes. It's, nice. it's nice to have this recorded to hopefully help other people learn from it. Absolutely. I'm sure it's going to be of a great value to, to our listeners. So thank you again, Laura, and we'll speak soon. Speak soon.